and all the 60s hippie stuff. That's my, uh, all right, so welcome to the Soybean Aphid Podcast. It's August 30th. This is the last one of the month for 2011. That was Eric Henderson, my nephew, wanted to contribute something to the uh, podcast, so he did a little. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Sorry we weren't on last week. We had a busy week last week. It all went down last week. It was very busy. Uh, we had field work that had to get done, and all our students, a lot of our students went back to school because they were undergraduates at Iowa State University. And Yeah. Left us short, didn't it? Yeah. Even we ended up out in the field. What? <laughs> you know that's when we're losing a lot of help when you and I are out counting aphids. Yeah. I had to step down from my ivory tower <laughs> and do some work in the field. So, um, but we're back, and now we're um, uh, talking um, about what we saw a little bit last week, and um, maybe talk a little bit about stuff that's going on later um, in the fall. Yep. So, uh, what have you been hearing from your colleagues? Are you still doing conference calls? Yeah, we had our last teleconference uh, this week, and... There are certainly fields being treated in a lot of states like Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, and still Minnesota. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of places. Yeah, I wouldn't say that it was outbreak, but certainly more fields are being treated last this year than last year. So. And if they hear that sloshing in the background, that's the window. It's raining, so that's why we're not in the field today helping our field. Yeah, so a lot more spraying going on this year than last year. Yeah. Uh, probably some of it uh, justified, given yeah. how many aphids we were seeing. Yeah, um, I guess sort of the topic of conversation this week was as fields enter full seed set, it's kind of the the breaking point for whether or not a treatment would be justified. And so there's, you know, people, if they feel like it's justified, are going to spray even in R6 and I guess your research and my research, sometimes it pays and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Typically, we haven't seen much um, yield protection if you spray populations at R6 that are at 250. Um, Typically, uh, well, in 2007, we had populations that were high late in the season, uh, above, well, at around 500, 550, and we didn't see a yield improvement there. So that's sort of what I've been telling people. is like, yeah, you could probably go past 250 into 500 per plant before you would need to treat uh, this late in the season. The other thing um, we might want to talk a little bit about is these late season treatments. They, um, the products have a pre-harvest interval that probably needs to be considered uh, given we're getting not too far out from harvest i mean maybe another month well i mean some products are 40 days yeah 30 days some products are 45 or 60 days so if you do decide to make a treatment uh, this week or next week just take that into consideration that you'll be able to harvest when you want to harvest not that it's restricted by label yeah um many of the products are uh kind of similar in the range but they can be variation need to check the label label is the law follow the law. And speaking of insecticides, last week we were out at your insecticide evaluation trial at Nashua, um, up in northeast Iowa. Uh, You had sprayed 
some 35 different treatments. Is that right? Well, we have 35 treatments up at Nashua this year, and I think 31 of them received foliar insecticide. Some of those received treatments only, and so they okay. didn't receive a foliar. And then we have, of course, our untreated checks in there. So. And uh, that was the counts we were taking were seven days after they were sprayed. I mm -hmm. uh, hope to do another one this week. Uh, the data will be presented in our yellow book, which gets posted online at www.soybeanava.info. But also, you're going to present this out in the public? Uh, yep, yeah, I plan on talking about it at the Crop Advantage Series. Uh, that usually happens throughout the state in January. And um, I might be talking about some of the Japanese beetle efficacy data at the Integrated Crop Management Conference, and that's in early December. Okay, Thanks. so you, you just broke rank there. This is the Soybean Aphid Podcast, but we do take data on other insect yep. pests, soybeans, Japanese beetles, one of them. Um, so, but to go back to this trial, it includes both insecticides that are sprayed uh, on the plant, on the foliage, but also insecticides applied on the seed. And then you also have some aphid-resistant lines in there as well. Yep, well, right? we had Reg 1 this year. I mean, it was commercially available uh, through Syngenta. So okay. we incorporated a couple of those seed treatments and host plant resistant seed as well. So it'd be really interesting to see how the aphid resistant line compared to the seed treated line. Mm -hmm. Seed treatments wear out, uh, only useful for about 40 some days after emergence, but aphid resistance is present throughout the season. Mm -hmm. However, we have had reports, uh, I've had a couple of phone calls with growers who are seeing large numbers of aphids on their aphid-resistant soybeans and kind of curious why that is. Um, and that's something that I think you and I have observed for the last three years, that aphid-resistant soybeans are not aphid-free. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can see large populations, but typically in a side-by-side -side trial, you get fewer aphids on the aphid-resistant line than the susceptible line. And by typically, I mean that's been consistent over the last three years. We've always seen fewer aphids on the aphid-resistant line than the susceptible. But if you don't have that comparison, mm -hmm. it can look like a lot of aphids out there on a resistant line, especially this time of year. Um, anything else we need to talk about? Japanese beetles. Uh, this was a tremendous year for Japanese beetles, at least in Story County. And this is probably not the most compelling podcast, but I'm looking at a map. And you have created this map from data going back to 2008. Oh, earlier. Later. It's since 1994. So 1994 up to 2011, and it's a map of all the 99 counties of Iowa, and it's color-coded to show us when Japanese beetles were first reported. So how many counties have there been reports of Japanese beetles? So uh, 55, and that's according to Donna Lewis. He's an entomologist here in our department who's been trekking Japanese beetles since their first confirmation in 1994. And looking at this, um, I think you've got this available at the ICM newsletter. Have you published this? Oh, no? I just created the map just this week. Oh, you should publish this. Uh, well, uh, this, is, this is hot Don, off the presses. Donna Lewis and Forrest Nutter usually update this at uh -huh. the end of the year. Okay. He's so where would you find this update? Through the ICM? Yeah, through ICM. Okay, so yeah. the Integrated Crop Management yeah. uh, Newsletter. And uh, it's interesting to me, if I look at this map, because 
the earlier reports up to 2008 really show up along I-80, kind of going through the center of the state. And then, uh, of course, along the eastern edge because Japanese beetles are moving east to west. But in the last three years, you see these occurrences up in the northeast and then kind of north and south of I-80. Mm-hmm. So it looks like Japanese beetles are possibly being moved maybe with commerce uh, along the I-80 corridor and then moving north to south as they establish. And it's curious because Story County, we had tremendous amounts of Japanese beetles around, but then Hardin County, just to the north of us, is blank still. They, they haven't yeah. reported Japanese beetles. I mean, I think that the 55 is a underestimate because sure. he's relying on extension personnel and other experts to report to him. And so my guess is that there's more than 55 counties and that probably most of the counties could be confirmed for Japanese beetle. But that's just, that's his update. Well, it'd be good to hear from people who are hearing this, let us know if they're uh, they're seeing Japanese beetles in their area. Mm -hmm. The other thing, I'm, I'm kind of surprised, even in areas where there have been reports of Japanese beetles, a lot of people haven't seen them yet. I haven't noticed them. And, um, a kind of funny story, a uh, brother-in-law uh, was saying, oh, we don't have these. <laughs> and uh, my uh, stepmother took him outside and said, yeah, you do, and showed it to him. And, and she was explaining how, well, you know, we play spray seven and we use these traps. And he said, well, what happens if we don't do anything? <laughs> it's like, well, and in some ways, you know, he's kind of got a point. It's not always typical that the Japanese beetle will kill a plant, but... They will defoliate and make it look really nasty. And um, he, you know, they had this little discussion. And then my brother-in-law's wife kind of nodded and took it all in and then pulled him aside. And later that evening, he went out to Home Depot. <laughs> Somebody wanted to protect yeah. their roses. I mean, people don't typically notice until there's a tree that's been defoliated or like an ornamental that's been decimated. Yeah. But it's good to kind of be aware that this new defoliator is out there, and it can it can look pretty uh, nasty if yeah. you're not familiar with it. I mean, definitely an issue for those uh, when corn and soybean this year. Some fields were defoliated, and the silks were clipped back very severely. So I only anticipate this to be more of a persistent pest in field crops. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we'll probably talk more about that later um, as we get more data on it. And anything else? Um, I mean, things are just kind of winding down as far as plants are maturing. Insects, you know, don't find those fields attractive anymore. Yeah. So um, still keep your eye out, but really things are kind of winding down. Yeah. I think we'll probably see a large flush of aphids in the fall, given kind of where populations are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we'll come back maybe in a couple of weeks and uh, recap uh, what we're seeing then as well. Sounds good. All right. Thank you. Yep, and thanks. we'll see you next week. Yep. Or in two weeks. Yep. Bye. Bye.